Welcome to the Behind Their Business Podcast, the show that's peeling back the curtain and showing what's actually happening behind the scenes of running a business. I'm your host, Steph Blake, and each week you'll hear from women at all levels of business who are showcasing their stories of struggle and triumph as they juggle business ownership with day-to-day life. Join us to hear inspiring stories and strategies for starting and growing your own business. Hey everybody, Steph Blake here, and I am so glad that you are here for this week's episode. As usual, it is going to be amazing, so you are in for a treat. But before we dive into that episode, I want you to join our private and 100% free and supportive community for business owners to connect in called the Confident CEO Community. So if you have not joined us yet, here is your invitation to come and join us. Each week I also do a live training to share my best tips and tricks for scaling an online business the easy way. We talk about strategy, team building, mindset, tools, automation, and everything in between to help you confidently step into the CEO role in your business. So you can go to confidentceocommunity.com to join us today. And now let's dive in to this discussion with our incredible guest. Welcome back to the Behind Their Business podcast, or if this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. Our guest today is going to share about starting a fashion brand without a fashion background, which just blows my mind. So I can't wait for her to share her story. And she's also going to share about why she decided to step into the very competitive fashion world and the story of how it took her two years to do that and why. But in her business, our guest is currently in the process of launching her brand, Wild Woman Underwear, which is a sustainable and ethical underwear brand based in Berlin. So please welcome to the show, Regina Schoenberger. Regina, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you very much for having me. I'm super excited. Yeah, me too. Me too. So let's talk about what you were doing before you decided to start this fashion brand. So take us on a journey. Yes, um, sure. So I joined a management consulting firm right after university. So that was my first proper job. And I stayed in that job for four to five years. Um, So that was what I was doing while I was contemplating whether or not that should be what I would like to do for the rest of my life. And um, I have had this idea of just making better underwear pretty early in the time that I had joined the firm. Um, But as I told you earlier, um, it took me a really long time to actually, you know, take the step and and start my own business. So I was just hanging on that idea in the back of my mind. Um, And then when I was pregnant and I was on parental leave and, you know, in Europe, parental leave is pretty long. So I was out for a year. I knew that, you know, after the parental leave, it would be really difficult to go back to management consulting full time because it's a really uh, tough job with all the travel and just generally the working hours are pretty long. So I felt like now was the time to either start the business or like forget it entirely. And I just decided I, I will try it now and, and see where it, uh, it gets me. And that's basically what I did. Like I, I was in the middle of my parental leave and I decided I'm just going to start it now. And um, after my parental leave, I went back to consulting for a couple of months just to see if it, uh, you know, if it's still the right decision for me. And I was really, um, uh, I was getting more and more positive about how the business was uh, developing. 
And then I quit my job and now I'm uh, doing the business full time. And yeah, I'm really happy I did so. <laughs> yeah, no, that's amazing. Also, everybody in the US is jealous of your year of parental leave because here we're lucky to get about 12 weeks. <laughs> so, yes, yeah. I know. Yeah, it's really, yeah, 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 it's really rough to have uh, such a short amount of time. Yeah, well, um, I want to hear about why you decided why underwear like what started this idea for you yeah well you know for me it was pretty simple I just really didn't like my own underwear and I felt like it wasn't serving the purpose that it was meant to serve like I didn't feel protected in my underwear I didn't feel comfortable and I didn't feel like it was actually doing me any good um, I was also uh, maybe struggling a bit more than other women with uh, some infections And the more I read about it, the more I found out that certain materials, they're not really um, meant to be used around sensitive skin, especially around your intimate parts. Um, I also felt like the underwear was always cu cut in such a like tiny way that it just, you know, wouldn't stay put. So <laughs> at some point, I just thought like, maybe there aren't any women who create underwear, because if there was they would know that this doesn't work you know um yeah and I, I just thought it, it it shouldn't be so hard it's such a basic piece of clothing every woman wears it I mean not every I have by now spoken to some women that don't wear underwear but you know I, I'd say like 99% of women do and I felt like they should wear something that makes them feel comfortable and still look good And that was my, my initial starting point. I completely agree with you. I can say that I have never had a pair of underwear that I felt great in. Okay. Now this is, it's probably going to be TMI. The only time <laughs> that I have is like, honestly, right now, because I bought these maternity underwear and they are just like the most comfortable thing, but because they're huge. Yeah. And you know, that's also something I find out whenever underwear is meant to be functional, like maternity wear, like even underwear for incontinence or like menstrual underwear, then it becomes comfortable. But it's like, can there just be underwear? It also serves a function as in it's your daily wear. I don't have to be incontinent or I don't have to be pregnant or like post-pregnancy. To, to have underwear that actually makes me feel comfy. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that. And I mean, I, and over the course of my life, I've gone up and down about 60 pounds. And like, even when I was at my smallest, there was still nothing that was comfortable. So yes. maybe I'll just stick with these maternity underwear after the fact, or we'll, we will look at <laughs> wild woman underwear. Yeah, <laughs> That's what we'll do next. So I'd love to hear more about how you started your journey in the fashion industry, because especially, well, I mean, I know nothing about the fashion world, but I'm assuming you need to have, well, you don't need to, but it would be helpful to have some kind of background, whether you went to school yes. for that, whether you had contacts in the fashion industry. So what was that like for you? Yes. So I had initially when I, you know, decided at some point I do want to start this business and it's, you know, meant to be underwear. I had tried to kind of do it by myself because I studied business. And then in my uh, master's, I did something called international development. So it was more like sociology, anthropolo anthropology. It had nothing to do with fashion. And I found out that 
I guess maybe that applies to pretty much any industry, but good information is not available for free. Like you can search the internet, but you're not going to find like really good information. And it was so difficult to like puzzle all the pieces together and even understand how the fashion industry works. You know, I just couldn't figure out how was a piece of garment even made. So then I came across an American program called Factory 45. And it's, um, it's, it's a woman who founded this business after she founded her own brand. And she's basically providing like educational, but also mentoring help for brands like fashion brands to start out. And at that point in time, when I had decided that I would want to start my business, she actually had like a workshop um, going for four days. And I signed up to that workshop. I was on her um, email list for, for some time. I, I found her through that Google search. And then I joined the, the workshop and I really liked it. And then, of course, her pitch came, you know, like now you have the basics and you can do it on your own, but you could also, you know, join the program and get all the information and all the contacts, the databases, whatever. And I decided, okay, it's really time to invest in myself and to actually get some help rather than trying to figure it all out by myself with like as little investment as possible. So I joined that program and that was the best decision ever because it really takes you from the start of like sourcing the fabrics all the way to manufacturing the pieces through um, marketing and like the uh, go-to-market strategies. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. really almost like a crash course in, in like fashion. Yeah. And I know you mentioned this before, but yeah, it's the same in every industry, right? If you're starting fresh, like for example, when I started my business six years ago, I had no idea what I was doing, right? Like I started as a virtual assistant. I didn't even know the world existed. And then I randomly found it. And then I had to just piece things together until like you, I invested in somebody and then my growth just like skyrocketed. Right. Because yes. it's just a no brainer, right? Like take yeah. the easy path. Right. Yeah. So, and it yeah. also makes sense, you know, I mean, Shannon, for example, the woman that founded this program, she is giving you information that she either knows through her own work or she has like contacts with people and and that took her time and effort so of course she wants to monetize that and whoever gives you stuff for free there's always a hook you know you you either pay them somehow else through your attention or whatever but like if you want information that's really targeted and effective you you, you just kind of have to pay for it yeah. Oh, absolutely. And you should, because like you said, the person exactly. has done a lot of work to get that information yeah, exactly. for you. Yeah, absolutely. So what has this been like? Well, how long have you been on this journey? So when did you leave your job? Remind me. Well, so I officially left my job in um, April this year, but I started my, like I started the program and also like started working on my business in June last year, but I was still on parental leave. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So your child, you have a son, correct? Yes. And he's about a year and a half now, something? Yes. Yes. Okay. So how has that been? Have you been, you and your husband been raising him? Has he been in daycare? Like what, what has that journey been like? Yeah. Generally? So we were both quite lucky in that our setup allowed us to almost share the um, like the caretaking and the household 50-50. Like 
my husband was also in management consulting and had a lot of time off at the start of when our son was born. And then he went back to the job at 40%, which meant, you know, he was only working for two days a week and then the rest he was free. Um, and then he also quit his job even last year and started writing a book. So we were super flexible in how to like allocate our time. And I had gradually just increased the time that I was able to invest in my business, depending on how, um, how okay my son was to spend time with, with his dad. Because in the beginning, I was spending more time with him. So he was a bit more attached to me. But right now we're really uh, splitting it um, in half. And the rest of the time he's at a kindergarten in uh, Germany. It's quite common to send your child to a kindergarten at this like round about a year. And he spends five to six hours a day at the kindergarten. And that's really good. Oh yeah. It gives you and your husband a lot of flexibility. Yeah. <laughs> which is great. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to talk about what this journey has been like for you over the past year. So I'm sure, especially in the beginning, there were some fears and doubts creeping in. What was that like for you then? And how is it now? So I'd say that the fears and the doubts had been the strongest even before I began, you know, that's why I also told you that it took me like more than two years to start because I I think the strongest fear was always like, am I good enough to start my own business? Like, can I really do it? If, if I, if I'm able to do it, why haven't I started it already? Like, you know, this constant dialogue in your head and going back and forth and really not moving anywhere. Um, and then of course stuff like, okay, does anybody really care about this product? Is anybody really gonna want to buy it? And a lot of what also made me doubt the idea was that I, I have this, um, urge to to create a sustainable business and I, I wasn't always sure if creating another product is really making the world a better place you know since there's already so much out there in terms of clothing and also in terms of underwear so that's I think what I was struggling with in the beginning um, and I think I, I still do from time to time but what I really learned through this program and what, what made me um, be a bit like, like feel this, feel the fear less, I'd say, is this knowledge now that I can just do one small step at a time. You know, before I joined the program, I felt like I have to come up with this entire business plan and like figure out all my marketing and all my branding and the product and everything. And then I go out into the world and tell the world about it, you know, and in this program, it was basically like the other way around. You just start out with something small, like, for example, your brand name, and then you just tell the whole wild world that this is what your brand is called. You don't know yet how exactly your product is going to look like and what your branding is like, but you know that this is your brand name, for example, and then you just take it step by step. And this way, it doesn't feel so scary and so big because it's only a small thing at a time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's a very normal thing. Actually, I know it's a very normal thing in the beginning stages of business because you're just so excited. You have all of these new ideas and then you actually get started and you realize how much work actually goes into it. And you're like, yes, holy crap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
maybe, maybe, I, I don't know. Do I want to do this? Am I good enough to do this? Do I have time to do this? All of the ideas or all of the thoughts, like you said, just like pop up and overwhelm us. So yes, you're definitely exactly. not alone in feeling that. <laughs> now, I do want to talk a little bit about what this process has been like, just in terms of creating the actual clothing. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure it has not been easy. Does it require a lot of travel from you? I don't even... I've never experienced this before, so I don't even know what goes into it. Mm-hmm. So for now, I didn't travel at all for uh, the, the like product development. Um, I'd say that the first part was quite challenging um, because I started out with fabric sourcing, which meant that you reach out to all these fabric suppliers that have such antiquated systems of working so you're like literally talking to them on the phone describing something that you don't even know really what is like you know you're just like I kind of am looking for a lie of cell I have no idea what way just like send me everything you have and I think that was really a process that took me maybe six months or so because in the end the supplier based on your briefing sends you like little pieces of fabric And then you're meant to kind of figure out, okay, what fabric do I want this underwear to be in? And if you have no fashion background and you've never like compared fabric weights before, um, that's a really tough decision to make. And I also struggled, for example, with um, having enough suppliers lined up to have a backup plan in case somebody changes their stock um, and you don't like you're not able to order from them anymore so I felt like that was really the toughest for me Um, and that's why it also took so long but all of these things they really work by phone and by email and they just send you everything home and you don't really have to go anywhere unless you visit trade shows which I didn't Mm -hmm. and then the rest of the product development as such I worked with somebody in Berlin and that was also my conscious decision because I wanted to be close to the pattern maker to really see how she works and do the fitting of the first pieces in person with her but I then uh, once we created the first sample I then moved on to working with a factory in Portugal and I realized it's actually also really easy to just send them your sketches and your spec sheets, have them do a sample and then they send a sample back home. You fit it yourself and you tell them on a piece of paper that they prepare, add a centimeter here or an inch there or make this higher or thicker or whatever. And it's really that easy. Oh, wow. That's way easier than I I was imagining. (laughs) This is what I was imagining. It's crazy. But like all of these different types of fabrics, just like showing up at your door, you have rooms full of like different types of fabric pinned up on your walls and you're (laughs) trying to decide between the different kinds. Clearly I have no idea about it. But that's great. I mean, I'm sure now that you've done it, it's much easier. So you could maybe even potentially expand in the future now that you know kind of what you're doing. Um, but do you have an estimated launch date of when these are going to be available? Yes. So I'm planning to launch via a crowdfunding campaign to be able to finance the first round of production. And I'm aiming to do that in the middle of September. Okay, perfect. So this episode will likely come out in the middle of August. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That will be good timing. It's great. 
Awesome. And are you shipping internationally or are you only shipping in Europe? What does that look like? So for now, I haven't decided how I'm going to do the shipping during the crowdfunding campaign because I might be able to open that up to international shipping. But afterwards, I think I might have to start out with EU-wide shipping and then, you know, gradually expand to international shipping just because, you know, international shipping can become such a headache um, with duties and taxes. I feel like that might be an overkill for me in the beginning. And within the EU, it's really easy. Like none of this really applies. So I might yeah. have to limit that in the beginning. Yeah, I can imagine. Now this brings me to my next question. How does how does that work? Does the company ship it for you or do you have to house the stock in your home and then ship it out manually? Yeah, so in the beginning, I'm going to do it manually just because I also want to make sure that you know, all the pieces are packed in a way that I like it. And I'm also thinking of maybe adding a personal note or something. So, you know, in the beginning, it's so small and I'm not going to know all of my customers, but I think a a good amount of them, I will actually be knowing through all the work that I've done so far. So it's nice to be able to see how the products are being shipped out. Um, but I think my husband is already not uh, anticipating (laughs) positively the time where our living room is going to be filled with underwear boxes. (laughs) So I will have to look for an alternative solution pretty quickly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. I'm just, I was thinking about, like, I've read a lot of stories about, um, different product-based companies in the very beginning stages where their garages are just filled to the very top with their different products. So yeah, I was imagining like underwear all over your house. Exactly. (laughs) That would be fun. Um, Well, you do have a wait list on your website right now, correct? If somebody wants to learn more, they can go there. Okay, great. Um, And just before we wrap up, if do you have any pieces of feedback or advice for somebody who either one wants to get into starting a product-based company because that's very different from what a lot of the people who listen to the show do, which is specifically online. Um, mm-hmm. And then also just about business in general. Yeah. So I'd say on the first one, just like we were talking about, you know, how actually easy it is to create a product. I'd say just go for it. If, if you have a product in mind, try to yeah either join a program or join you know maybe even get a coach or somebody that can get you a bit more into the insights of how the industry works and i bet that most of the products that are being created at the time that we're in are actually created in a much simpler way than you think so I would say there is just somebody that needs to like give you the information but then don't imagine for it to be so hard like just just try it out and um, see where it gets you because I was also really scared of how the fashion industry works and whether or not I could be a designer and fabric sourcing and all of this but I, I found out after joining the program it's actually it's actually not so hard and a lot of it you can do pretty much by yourself and then there's always people that you can work with and, and outsource what you just cannot do yourself And then for business in general, I think my biggest learning was to just start. And even if it's just one small thing a day, it's much more than not doing anything. I feel like I was paralyzed for a long time by 
thinking that I have to figure out everything before I can properly call myself working on a business or like a business owner. You know what I mean? But you can also like start working on a business and just invest like one hour a day. And that's going to be more than not investing anything and just like contemplating and thinking about it. Um, so yeah, I think I, I, I totally underestimated how powerful uh, an hour a day can be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And as you were talking, I had another I, or another question come up in my head, and I don't know if you're comfortable answering this or not. But in terms of getting started with a product-based business, what type of money is needed in order to do that? I always assume you need hundreds of thousands of dollars to get started yeah. for all of the different pieces. But I don't know if you're comfortable sharing with what your specific journey has been like. Yeah. If it's no, I totally, I, I totally can. So um, I was just also uh, uh, adding a few of the recent expenses because we had a, um, a photo shoot last week on Saturday. And that was, of course, probably the, the biggest expense that I've had so far. Um, and I was adding up everything in terms of the program that I actually joined, um, the fabric sourcing, the product development, um, because, you know, you do pay for the samples quite a lot of money. And then the photographer, I also had a videographer team and that all um, added up to uh, 10,000 euros. That's all? Yeah, so- Oh my gosh. I'd say that's, you know, it, that's still quite a bit of money maybe for somebody that doesn't have any savings. Um, but I would always say that you do kind of need a little bit of savings. You know, it's, it's quite, uh, I mean, you can be super risky and just not have anything in the bank, but I wouldn't want you to start a business and then not be able to pay like your regular, um, um, what is it called? Like your regular bills, you know, you do want to be able to cover that. And then I feel like 10,000 euros is really reasonable um, in terms of like your initial expenses. And that's of course not everything, there's still going to be a bit now um, leading up to the launch, but overall, that's like the biggest expense that I have so far. That blows my mind. And you paid that over time. It wasn't just one yeah, yeah, yeah. payment up exactly. front. That's been over the exactly. course of what, a, a year at this point? Yes. Yeah, that is way, I was thinking like $300,000 went into this. <laughs> I was thinking like the biggest expense were like all of the samples coming to you. And then of course, well, I'm assuming you have to pay for the actual product before you get paid for right? Because they have to pay for the product to come to you. And then from there, your clients pay you for the product, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you know, that's why the crowdfunding campaign is, uh, is such a great go-to-market strategy because you allow your customers to pay for the product before it even gets produced. So that okay. helps you with cash flow. Um, but yeah, in the beginning, these expenses now I had to pay myself and... Of course, I think I could have easily probably spent a hundred thousand euros just to give you an idea for the for the service providers like photographers and videographers. There is a range that's just crazy. Like there's somebody that will pitch you what you need for five hundred euros, and then there is somebody else who will write you a similar uh, message with a, like with similar deliverables, and then they're going to ask you for five k. So there is, of course, a way for you to splash out. But I think in the beginning, it's also always good to kind of stay balanced and 
figure out where it's actually necessary to spend that money. And I don't think it's, it's always best to just, you know, spend more and more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I can easily see how that can get out of control very quickly. So um, (laughs) this has been a really great conversation. Thank you for taking us behind the scenes of what it's like to start a fashion brand without any of that fashion experience. I'm sure there are other people listening to this right now who may not necessarily want to start a fashion brand, but have ideas for some kind of product-based business. So I think that this will, this will help them a lot as well. So I know we mentioned your website before um, where they can sign up for the wait list, but where's the best place for people to connect with you other than that? Yeah, so I'd say Instagram is the best um, way to find me. I've been focusing on Instagram just because, you know, it's so much work already to, to be on one platform. Um, so I haven't started out to really um, be active on other platforms. So Instagram with Wild Woman Underwear is, uh, yeah, the easiest to get a hold of me. Perfect, perfect. We will link to the website and then... Um the Instagram profile in the show notes as well. So thank you again for being here, Regina. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Behind Their Business podcast with me, Steph Blake of The Blake Collective, which is a female-led company focused on helping online entrepreneurs start and scale their own businesses. If you or someone you know would make a great guest for the show, we would love to interview you. Visit our website at behindtheirbusiness.com to submit a short application and learn more about the show and how you can support our mission. If you enjoyed the show, we would love for you to share it with a friend or a loved one too. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Thank you again for listening to the Behind Their Business podcast.